Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Uh, I'm going to pick up in our True Love message series today. I want to talk to you about a worthy man for a worthy woman. And so we're going to be talking about love a little bit. And for all of us, there's some application here, whether you... Um, whether you're married, uh, whether you aspire to be married, and not everybody wants to get married. I, I'll tell you, it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, being married is a, is a challenging, <laughs> it's a challenging thing. Tell some of y'all laughing, nervous laughter. I call that projection. So I'm just going to be praying for y'all. I'm not going to make any eye contact here. It's awesome. But you know what? I like to do things the way I like to do things. You know, and when you get married, suddenly you have somebody else in your life that likes to do things like they like to do things. And it takes a little while. And I'll never forget the first year of our marriage. Kelly and I got married. Um, We got married between her junior and senior year in college. And then the day that she, uh, I was working on staff at a church as a young adults pastor and was doing seminary and that sort of thing. The day that she got married, we packed up. And we moved to inner city Chicago to start a church. And uh, we're there in our, our apartment and, you know, love, it was great. We didn't have a TV the whole first year of our marriage. We really got to know each other. It was wonderful. And then we moved to Chicago and we're living in this tiny little apartment right on the blue line. And uh, a train would go by, the pictures would rattle on our wall. And it's like everything was new. My environment was new. My wife was new. And I would take these long walks sometimes by myself at night going, I don't understand how she thinks. I don't understand how she talks. It's just some, something else as two people uh, come together. And I think it'll bless you no matter uh, whether you're going into that relationship, whether you're in that relationship, or you're working on being a better husband or a, a better wife. If you're grandparents, you have kids that are coming up, you have an opportunity to influence and guide them and direct them. So I'm asking that God will do a really good work Uh, in our life today as we're in the scriptures. Now, I will say uh, Valentine's Day is in just a couple days. And um, Kelly and I have now been married for 23 years. Uh, In August, it'll be 24 years. Uh, It's easier for me just to say we were married in 99 because it's not a round number. It's not easy for me to do that math on the fly with the pressure on, you know. And uh, so really thankful. I, I have a picture of us when we were just kicking things off um, it took three, pat- well, there we are. There's baby Travis and, and baby Kelly. Now, would you notice one thing there? I look a lot different. But have you noticed Kelly has not changed? It's just absolutely incredible. She, she was, some of y'all clapping because you know it's true. And uh, she was two weeks, 21. So she had just turned 21. And then I got another picture. I just love this one because it took three pastors to marry us. And, and there's my dad giving us a talk. And then there's Kelly's dad watching my dad give us a talk. He was waiting for his turn. And then there's Pastor Tony Scott, Kelly's pastor from the time she was born. He was there when she was born. He dedicated her. Uh, he baptized her. Um, and he married us. And he's still in our lives. In fact, I want to get him back over here uh, to minister to us again. And I just think about that because we have a story and we've been on a journey, but we have not been on this journey ourselves. And it's really important that we not 
uh, travel by ourselves, that we have godly men, godly women in our lives that can help us. And I'll tell you right now that there are some people in our campuses that have been through some things in their marriage. They've trusted the Lord. God has been faithful. And if you're looking for some role models, they're here in the house. And it's good to go to marriage counseling. It's good to read the Bible. It's good to, uh, to be in a message like this. It's good to be in couple small groups. Get in your small groups, by the way. It's good to do all those things. But sometimes you just need to watch what other people are doing, godly men and women that have been down the road for a while, and just watch what they do and do what they do. Amen? Can we just bless godly husbands and wives that have really patterned the gospel for us uh, here in the church. And so I want to talk to you a little bit before I get into the scripture, just, just to give some pastor dad advice uh, 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 about, you know, dating and, and marriage and um, all of that. There were three things I thought that I needed to look for. I, I feel like this was true. I feel like this is some of the advice I give to people. Three things that you're looking for in a spouse, you know, someone you're attracted to, right? You you think they're good looking, right? Amen? Or oh me, one or the other, right? Um, um, Somebody you're attracted to, number one. Number two, someone you can have a conversation with that you enjoy talking, you know, and you enjoy being around. Even when you don't have something to talk about, you enjoy being in their presence. You can sit and just say nothing. That's two things. And then a third thing is somebody that um, spiritually is in the same ballpark as you. And so let, let me just pause for a second and just look at our, our single folks. All, all the single folks, please raise your hand, please. Just go ahead and raise your hand. This is a good opportunity for advertising. Let's go ahead, go ahead and do that. It's, that's quite okay. Go ahead. Don't be shy. Lift that up, okay? Here's what I want to say to you. Is no missionary dating. No missionary dating. Don't date someone and then get them into church so that they act like you want them to act until you get married. Because here's what happens. Is people usually are after they're married, what they were before they're married. And if you get them to act how you want while you're dating, they probably will go back to how they were. What are you talking about? Look, people will tell you anything you want to hear while you're dating. But when you're married, you're stuck, buddy. You know, you're, you're, you're in it then. And so here's what I would say. Don't Look for some, someone, a half person, to complete you. Um, is that Jerry Maguire when Harry met Sally or something like that, right? Okay, so uh, what you're looking for is someone that is already made whole in Jesus Christ and that you're already whole in Jesus Christ You need to find someone that if they don't find you, they will still have everything they need in Jesus. And someone that you're attracted to, someone that you enjoy having conversation with, and that person is running with Jesus just like you are, whether you're in the picture or not, and then you marry that person, and you love them, and you cultivate that relationship, and you don't quit when things are are tough. Amen? That's a good place to be. Well, pastor, I'm looking for the one person that God has for me. And I just don't know that it 
actually works that way. And I know that that makes good movies and that makes good books and all of those things. But I believe that if you will set your heart on God and um, you, you will keep your eyes open and you will live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord, you will find somebody that is in the same ballpark as you and then you go make that person an honest woman or an honest man. Amen. And, and listen, while the world is deconstructing the nuclear family, what is a woman? Well, it's whatever you identify as, whatever you want to be. No. No. Mm-mm. There are two genders. There's a male and there's a female. That's how God made them. And there are people that are born with abnormalities and with physical defects. And Jesus even mentions this. He's, Jesus even says, some are born eunuchs and some are made eunuchs, potentially like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they were conquered by the Babylonians and then they, they were brutalized, right? So I'm not saying that there are only... Uh, perfect biological males and perfect biological females. There are medical problems and conditions that people are born with. But God created man for woman and woman for man. You go find you a good godly man. Go find you a good godly woman. Get married. Get married. Get married soon. Get married soon. Then have babies and bring them to Sunday school. Bring them to kids' church, right? Make sure they're in youth group and love Jesus and continue to advance the kingdom of God in the church, in your house, in your family, in youth sports, in work. Do that in relationship. Man, that's a wonderful thing. And if God didn't make you for marriage, not everybody's made for marriage. Actually, the the part where I'm talking about what Jesus just said, one of the disciples said, so it's good that people not get married. Jesus said, that's a tough saying that a lot of people can't handle. In fact, Paul says, some of you burn and you need to get married. And let me just tell you, if it's true, God gave you a sex drive. God gave you a libido. God put things in you that they're not evil. They're not wicked. They are designed by God. It's, it's Satan that comes and twists these things, right? So I wouldn't... I wouldn't ask that God take that urge away from you. That urge is God-given. I would say use it for the glory of God according to the plan of God. Is that a good word? That's a good start. That's a good start. Not all done in the message, but I did want to touch on that just a little bit. And um, now I was listening to Dr. Billy Wilson at Oral Roberts University this week. I wasn't there, but I was just watching a message. And he said something, you know, he's got his finger on the pulse of young people. He's got about 5,000 plus, you know, young adults there. And he said, now a lot of you, he's talking to the chapel, he said, a lot of you, you don't date in person. You date via text message. You don't even talk to people anymore. Is that true? He said, that's a problem. This was funny. This was pretty funny. He said, if you're dating by text, you're not just talking, fellas, he said, fellas, you're not just talking to that girl. You're talking to her and four of her friends. That's pretty, is that the truth? I'm seeing head, head's not out here, right? He said, that's the problem. The problem with that is you don't know who you're dating. So, so, you know, 
spend, he said, spend some time with each other face to face. And so I would say, guys, get those seven digits, you know, get those seven digits, use the phone. Back when I was a teenager, sometimes I fall asleep on the phone. Come on, help me out. Thank you. Well, that was a different era for me. It was... um, You know, go on a date, go on a date. Parents, don't let your kids go on a date if they are not responsible. Don't introduce them to things too early. Put that phone on lockdown, whatever it is you have to do to rein everything in, get, get them right. And then when they're ready, go ease them on out the door. If you, if you don't do this stuff before they leave the house, then they're going to leave the house and they game on, they have no controls. They're not ready. So you got to you know, pull the feathers out of the nest a little bit, make it a little uncomfortable, you know, and then kind of move. But don't introduce this stuff to them too early. The whole world has introduced it. You speak to it. You take them to the scriptures. Don't be afraid of these conversations. Make the conversations normal, right? But, you know, you can say it like this. Hey, I'm going to give you a little privilege. I'm going to give you a little rope. I'm going to... I'm going to let the rope out, let you run. So if you do a good job, I'll give you a little more rope. If you don't, I'm going to reel you in nice and tight. I'm going to keep you right up under my wing. You're not going to move. You're not going to breathe without me knowing about it. Release them out. But, you know, date, go on a date. When you go on a date, um, maybe I'm old school, but the fellas need to pick up the check. The man needs to pick up the check. If the man can't pay for the dinner, he is not ready to eat for a relationship. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a lot of money. Why? Is he working? Well, you know, he's in between jobs. If he's not working, you do not need to be dating him. You definitely don't need to marry him. If he can't take care of himself, there's no way he's going to take care of you. Mm. Uh. I just need to get to the text. Uh, but I will say, I do want to say this. Our young adult ministry at Pathway Church is something else. Uh, Greg and Gail Banks have done an incredible job here, and we have young adults getting married left and right. And I'm talking about some godly men and godly women. And listen, there are some patterns. These are not perfect people, but they are doing some things. I'm telling you. There is revival in the church. And I know there's revival in the church because it's not just happening in the altars. It's showing up in how people live. We're seeing people step out of unhealthy relationships and stepping into healthy God-honoring relationships. And I'm watching God bless that. You say, well, pastor, there's a lot of things that people are doing these days and it's okay. You know, it's a new day. Listen, there is one God. His word is eternal. It is authoritative. It is inerrant. It's worthy. It's good. It's profitable for teaching, reproof, instruction, correction. Listen, you can't get a better plan than God. If you've got a better plan than God, that means you're God and he's not. And let me tell you, two things are true in this world. There is a God and number two, you ain't him. Not him. So we can actually take the word of God and we can trust it. And listen, if you don't believe the word of God, watch when people do it differently than the word of God and look at the results. 
I'm not here to diminish anybody, but I'm, I'm just telling you, look, we've all made mistakes and we're recovering from things in our lives. Pastor, experience is the best teacher. No, evaluated experience is the best teacher. You gotta learn from your mistakes. A lot of people have experience and repeat the same experience over and over and over. You're on your fifth marriage now to the same dude, just with a different name. At some point, we gotta learn and move forward. You know what? And one of the best things that we can do in the church is raise up our young people to do what the word of God says and to get it right the first time. Amen. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Wouldn't it be a blessing? It's a great testimony to be delivered from something, to be healed of something. It's a better testimony when God spares you from having to get delivered from things. So praise God for godly witness for the word of God that can help us. And man, praise God also though, that there is a God that rescues us from our bad decisions. And God redeems and transforms our mistakes and takes what the enemy meant for evil and turns it into something good. Because there are a lot of relationships that are here in this place that didn't start out on the same footing, did not start out in the house of God. But look at what God has done. Look at how he's saved us, he's healed us, he's redeemed us, he's transformed us, he's transforming us. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's go ahead and pray here so I can get moving on through this thing. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that you would use it to open our hearts, open our minds. Lord, help us not to be conformed to this world, but help us to be transformed by your word. Lord, we'll love you and we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you today about uh, Ruth and Boaz, and uh, we'll just be in this briefly here. Uh, but you see in Ruth and Boaz an incredible love story. The Bible is full of instruction on romance and on marriage. But actually, there are not a lot of shining examples of great marriages. Now, there's some standout marriages. You can think of some of them. Of course, I, I love to think of Aquila and Priscilla. But you can think of people like Jacob and Rachel and Abraham and Sarah and David and Abigail. These are shining examples of marriage that are also littered with pretty incredible indiscretions. I mean, David and Abigail is a beautiful story, but what a problematic husband David was, or Abraham was, who lied about who his wife was, said he was, she was his sister. Some problems. I think this is one of the things that makes Ruth and Boaz so great. Ruth and Boaz happened because Naomi and her husband left Israel because of a recession, economic downturn, famine, and they went to Moab. Naomi and her husband and their two boys. Moab was a place that was very similar, very related to Israel, but it was, they, these were not the Hebrew people. They were not accepted by by Israel. They, these were actually the descendants of Lot. There was a lot of their worship that was uh, similar, but they served another God other than Yahweh, other than Jehovah God. And so they go into this place and the boys marry two Mo Moabite girls, Orpah and Ruth. And after 10 years, Naomi lost her husband and she lost both of her boys. So here she was a widow and who, her, her two boys died and 
she had two daughters-in-laws that were widows and she said, please go back to your people. Orpah goes back, but Ruth says, no, wherever you go, I will go. She said, I'll be your people, you be my people, and I will serve your God. I'm leaving my God. So they move back to Israel. As they're going back to Israel, they're trying to find a way. Naomi's getting on up there in years. Ruth is young, just trying to move through this story. Ruth is young, and she goes out to work at making a living to provide for the needs of her and her widowed mother-in-law. Ruth is an incredible person. First, that she would even do this because she could have stayed there in her own community and had a better chance at reestablishing herself. Being a widow in that day and in that culture was very difficult. <clears throat> there was no social safety net. There, there, were, there were, was a practice. There was a practice that they observed. It was called the kinsman redeemer. And the way that the kinsmen, this is, this is a sort of a welfare system within the family, which, you know, a lot of the challenges that we face are best solved in the family. You know, when our parents are sick, it's good for kids to minister to their parents. That's a good word, isn't it? And uh, you can go on and on, you know. Um, there's nobody better to care for children than family. Thank God for foster programs, but there's foster program is a, terrible replacement for the family, right? It's better than abandonment, amen? So the kinsman redeemer was this sort of thing. And so the way the kinsman redeemer would work is that the next relative to the deceased husband would then step in and marry the widow so that the name could go on, the family could be taken care of. So Ruth steps in, back in, she's working these fields. She's getting out, she's gleaning these fields. This is another form of ministry to the poor that was taking place, is that someone who owned a field, was harvesting the field, is that you would go and you would uh, harvest the field, and then when the wheat would fall, you wouldn't scoop up everything so that the widows and the poor um, could glean what was left over. Now, it was not their field. They weren't entitled to it. It was someone else's field, right? Like, it's not right for someone just to walk into your house and just take something from the cupboard because they need it, right? That's called stealing. But this was a way that the people could be cared for. And so here Ruth was going around the edges of the field, gleaning what fell. Now, I, as a kid, I used to glean strawberry fields. We lived in Plant City, Florida, Dover, Florida, strawberry capital of the world. And after the strawberry harvest would take place, this farmer across the street would let me and my little brother Philip go pick what was left over. We'd pick them and then we'd sell them in our neighborhood, going door to door. And man, we'd eat these big old strawberries, big as hands. It was incredible. I thought this is the most incredible thing. I'd pick two and eat one. Man, it was great. Naomi's out, or Ruth is, is out there uh, gleaning like this. Well, Boaz was related to Naomi's deceased husband. And he pulls up on his job site. I don't know if he had a Ford pickup, but probably a Ford or a Dodge. He had something, you know, and I'm guessing it was like a 2500 because he was working, you know, he's carrying stuff around. He pulls up there, his, his employees are out there harvesting this field. He pulls up, he's looking out there and he sees this fine woman walking across his field. He said, now, who is this honey out here? He's, he's kind of checking her out, you know? He, he's looking, he asks around a little bit. He finds out 
who, who she is. And so he tells his people, hey, listen, as you pick the harvest, make sure you're dropping not just gleanings, but bundles so that this fine young woman can have plenty of food to eat. Now, that's a good man, isn't it? And, you know, he also went to her and he said, uh, listen, when you're thirsty, make sure you go over and have some water that the young men draw out for you. So he got his eye on this young woman and he began to work his plan. And in this plan, in this story, of course, we know the way that it ends up is Boaz and Ruth get married. It's an incredible story. It's a wonderful story. You should just, you go read the whole book of Ruth today. It's worth it. It's just a, just four chapters. It's, it's not, it's a very short, you, you could do that before your food arrived at your table after church today. It's a wonderful story, but you see Boaz beginning to, pre- to prepare this story of redemption, this wonderful romance, this wonderful love story. And in this, you're going to see what kind of man that uh, Boaz was. And let me really quickly, Boaz was a worthy man. And let me just tell you, ladies, when you're looking for a man to marry you, he needs to be worthy of you. And Ruth was a worthy woman. And you know, she demonstrated her worth for Boaz in one way in how she treated Naomi. Listen, you watch how people treat others. That'll tell you a lot about their person and about, about their character. Listen, what this says about Boaz in Ruth chapter 2 in, in verse 1. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man of the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. <clears throat> in Ruth chapter 3, verse 11, this is what the Bible says about Ruth. Now, don't worry about a thing, my daughter. This is Boaz talking. He says, I will do what is necessary for everyone in town knows you are a virtuous woman. The the ESV says you are a worthy woman. So this is what you call a couple that is equally yoked. They are working in the same ball field. It's not a perfect ball field, but they are worthy of one another. So what is a worthy man? I'm going to give you four things and and then I want to challenge you whether you are single. If you're single, you need to be a worthy man. If you are married, you need to be a worthy man. You need, you need to grow into that. Women, you need to be worthy women, virtuous women, worthy of marriage, worthy of your spouse. But I want to look specifically at our men, talk specifically about our men today. This is what a worthy man is. First of all, a worthy man is a protecting man. Say that with me. A worthy man is a protecting man. Protecting man. Uh, Ruth chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, the Bible says, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Now listen, my daughter, do not go to glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Pause just for a second. Boaz was saying, I don't want you to leave me. I don't want someone else to find influence with you. He said, I'm working on a deal and I want to close the deal. And in order for me to close the deal, I need you to stay close to me. You guys heard me tell you how my great-grandmother and great-grandfather 
got married to, you heard me tell this story. Remember my great-grandmother was dating a man and he said, I'm gonna go to Texas and I'm gonna get a house set up and then I'm gonna call for you to come. That was a mistake because he would write my great-grandmother and every day my great-grandfather who was not even dating my great-grandmother would go to the mailbox and steal the mail. <laughs> he said, sucker, you left the field, but I'm on the job. And so my great-grandfather, I don't even know that other guy's name, but I know that I'm here today because he closed the deal. But I'm here today because he didn't let Ruth leave the field. I'll tell you something else. Listen, long dating periods are dangerous too. You know, if you're dating somebody and you say, I I don't know if I see marriage in this, here's what you need to do immediately. You need to break off that dating relationship because dating is, that's all to, you know, sort out the pretenders from the contenders, right? I mean, you just got to kind of weed things out. But once you know, I'm not going to spend my life with it to stop that relationship. But once you know this is the person, then you better put a ring on it. That's what you do at that point, right? And then you go ahead and get married. That way, you know, you can get married and, and do what married people do legally, right? If you're not married and you're doing what married people do illegally, don't do that. Repent, stop doing that, get married, then do that and then get married. God God gives us that so we can have babies and for pleasure, for both. But we do things in order, decent and in order. Amen? Amen. Okay, if you didn't do things decently and, and orderly, I'm glad you're in church today because that's why we need Jesus and we just start from where we are. We move forward, okay? God's not looking for perfect people. He's perf- making people perfect through Jesus. All right, so... Anyway, so don't go glean in another field or leave this one, but keep close to my young women. Let your eyes be on the field that they are reaping and go after them. Have I not charged the young men not to touch you? He said, y'all, this this is, she's mine. And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink what the young men have drawn. He's a protecting man. He watches out for you. Ladies, a good man will work hard for you. He'll make sure you're okay. A worthy man is also a providing man. Work and make money and set up a house. Doesn't have to be a big house, it'd be a little house, be a tiny little apartment. Your dining room table might be on some suitcases, right? Your kitchen might be so small, you walk in with a pizza box, you have to back out, you can't turn around. But he's gonna provide a roof over your head and whatever it is the Lord has given you will work to cultivate that and make it a little better. You don't have to be like your neighbor, you don't have to be like me, you don't have to be like somebody else. You have to start where you are, do what you can by using what you have and let God multiply it. The Bible tells us to take dominion over the earth Fill the earth and multiply it. So you don't have to have everything, but you have to multiply whatever it is God's given you. Amen? Should be a a providing man. He should also be a kind man. Now, men should be courageous and strong 
and should provide and work hard, but they should also be every bit as kind. And you know what? If somebody looks sideways at your girl, man, what should should you do? What should you do? Uh, Thank you. Pastor, I thought we were in church. Brother, you take care of your wife. Right? You're, You're the bull. You're the bull in that ring. And that ring can only have one bull. Right? You take care of your wife. Protect her. Keep her safe. You know, when you're walking into a crowded space, you know, keep her close. Don't let her get broken up. Don't, you know... Watch, watch out for, if, if somebody tries to steal. If, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're, in a, if you're in a situation where you feel uncomfortable and it's dangerous, take care. When you're walking on a street every night after you get off work, husband, let your wife walk by the grass and you walk by the street. And if somebody's going to get hit by a car, it ought to be you. You know what I'm saying? Like, but as strong as you ought to be, you also ought to be kind. Gentle, tender, careful. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 20. And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, may he be blessed by the Lord whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. Naomi also said to her, the man is a close relative to ours, one of our redeemers. I love this because he's a, he was an influential man. He had a field. He, he had employees. He had a good reputation. But you know what Naomi said? You know what, you know what Ruth said? He said, he's a kind man. I think it's an awesome thing. When a man is tough, he's courageous and he's strong but he's kind. And then finally, he's a redeeming man. Ruth chapter three, verse nine. He said, who are you? And she answered, I am Ruth, your servant. Spread your wings over your servant for you are a redeemer. Boaz met Ruth when she was in a difficult place and he redeemed her. Not only her, but he redeemed Naomi who had a dream, children, grandchildren, future. This is even a picture of Jesus because he redeemed us. Jesus, in fact, is our kinsman redeemer, taking us and saving us, bringing us to him. In fact, we are called the bride of Christ. Would you just think about that for a second? We had no one, we had no future, no hope, no family, no name. And this morning, the passage we read 
here at Moffat Campus, Dallas read it, a very powerful reading of the scriptures. We now are a royal priesthood. We are kings. We have a name. He's gotten rid of our shame. Naomi's bitterness is gone. You know, when we get Jesus, it ought to change everything about our relationships, redeeming us and transforming us. This is my prayer for our, for our people, that in your marriage, you'll be protectors of one another, that you will provide for one another's needs, both of you, both of you, fully engaged in the relationship, the two becoming one flesh. See, that's the thing. Math, God's math. One plus one does not equal two. One plus one equals one. And if you hurt your wife, if you hurt your husband, if you speak ill against your husband or your wife, you're hurting yourself because the two are one flesh. Brothers and sisters, build one another up. Don't compete with one another, complete each other. Strengthen one another, encourage one another when you're low. Build one another up, pray for one another, be in the word of God together. Nurture one another's dreams. Don't talk down one another's dreams. Build one another up, walk with one another through difficulty. And when one of you gets sick, care for one another's needs. And one day when you face death, hold on to one another's hands, whispering the words of God and the words of faith and love over their lives. And then when you've lost, you're all alone. Understand that God has given you a great gift in that relationship and in a kingdom relationship that our kinsman redeemer will reunite us and that we will be in God's presence one day. I thank God that Jesus is our kinsman redeemer and that we get to be embassies of God's grace here on the earth. And I pray that his grace would be over our relationships today. Is that a good prayer today? I wanna, I wanna close with this, that a marriage like that is a redeeming marriage. And a redeeming marriage is a blessing to the world. Would you stand with me, please? I'm gonna read this passage here. Ruth chapter four. Verse 13. Read verse 13 through 16. So Boaz took Ruth into his home. She became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant. She gave birth to a son. Then the women of the town said of Naomi, Praise the Lord who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age. For he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast and she cared for him. 
as if he were her own. The neighbor women said, now at last, Naomi has a son again. Listen to this. And they named him Obed. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. How awesome is that? That's just incredible. And out of the stump of Jesse came a little green shoot, a family tree. Obed, Jesse, David, on and on and on and on until a savior was born in a manger in Bethlehem. Let me tell you, God will use you to do a lot of things in this life, your work, your business, your school, your studies, your hobbies, all of these things. I think the greatest contribution you may make to the kingdom of God is what happens in your family because you never know how many Obeds might be sitting right up in these pews here in Pathway Church as you raise them, as you teach them, as you discipline, as you guide them, and as you release them into their life and ministry because a redeeming marriage is a blessing to the world. Amen. Would somebody give God a praise today? Amen. If whether you're single or married, you say, Pastor, I, when I'm married or I'm married now, I want my marriage to be a redeeming marriage, a blessing to me, a blessing to my spouse, and a blessing to this world. If you are saying that today, would you just lift up your hand today? If, you're, if you have experienced loss of a spouse and you want God to use these years that you have to be a blessing to others and great joy in your life. Would you also raise your hand? Everybody, just go ahead and get your hands up all over the house. Let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Father, we pray for your hand and your touch on our lives in our relational sphere. God, I pray that you would minister to us today. Father, that our marriage would be sanctified by God and that you would do something strong in us. You'd be glorified. Father, for our young people today, I pray that you would keep them from mistakes that would sidetrack them. Father, I pray that you would redeem the mistakes that they've made. And Father, they would become incredible testimonies, shaping and transforming. Father, launching them off into greater, stronger things. Father, for our couples that are married today, I pray that you would bless these relationships. Father, witness of the kingdom of God. Father, a witness of our kingdom, our kinsman redeemer. Father, that we would be the kind of people that you have exemplified to us. Father, and your work would be strong and good in us. And Father, for our widows and widowers that are here today at all of our campuses, Father, I pray that you would exchange their pain, their bitterness, as Naomi experienced, for a beautiful, second leg story, Father, where even their pain would serve to achieve your purpose and your kingdom. And I pray that you'd raise up fathers and mothers in this house, Father, that would bless our people, Father, and help them walk these relationships out. Father, bless Pathway Church with healthy, godly marriages. Father, that your kingdom would come not only in the church, not only in our business, but also in our romantic relationships that you would be pleased and you would 
be honored and you would bless the world through us. Father, we thank you for that today. Father, if there's anyone here today that is wrestling with something, Father, that's too big for them, I pray that you would touch them today. Father, help them to trust in you and to follow you. And Father, we'll give you thanks for that, God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.